Welcome to Future Insiders, a podcast about the future of tech, business, and humanity. I am your host, Kathy Hackle. Today, I'm joined by Steve St. Clair, Senior Vice President of Product at MojoVision, a company that's working on the world's first smart contact lens. So today on Future Insiders, I am, I cannot be more excited to have this guest on. I'm like super, super excited and stoked. Uh, We have Steve St. Clair, the Senior Vice President of Product for Mojo Vision. And guys, uh, for for those of you guys that are listening, you know, Future Insiders, we're talking to everyone that's creating the future. There's very few companies out there that I think are truly part of those future insiders and Mojo Vision is one of those companies that just blew me away when I when I learned about what they were doing. So Steve, thanks for being on Future Insiders. Oh, thanks for having us. Having me, Kathy. Yeah. So well and having you having Mojo Vision in general. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm excited to have you guys. So maybe we can start by, you know, obviously a lot of people in my my audience might have heard of Mojo Vision, but there might be some folks that have never come across what you guys are doing. So maybe let's start by explaining to folks what does Mojo Mojo Vision do and um, and, and tell folks a little bit more about that. Sure, happy to do that. So um, we've actually been around for about five years, but we came out of stealth really uh, about a year and a half, two years ago, but really didn't tell anyone what we were up to. And it wasn't until about January, just after CES, that we announced to the world that we're working on a smart contact lens. And so I think that uh, surprised folks. They didn't know exactly what we were up to. Uh, But yeah, we've been hard at work at trying to take all of the elements that you would normally find in a pair of of augmented reality glasses and cram those down into a form factor that you can actually wear on your eyes and to allow you to get information whenever you need it, um, but yet do it while you look like yourself. Yeah. And I mean, I, I kind of found out about you guys a little bit before you went out of like went out of stealth, um, you know, just because people <laughs> there's just a lot, of, a lot of stuff going on, right? Um, and then obviously CES was kind of that big moment where it was like, whoa, this is truly amazing. Um, and, and I'm you know I'm just excited about the the company's vision for the future. So maybe we can talk a little bit about that because obviously you talk about a smart contact lens, but there's you guys are really doing interesting work that possibly can be for the betterment of society, you know, and, and humanity. So I'm, I'm really excited to hear about the vision of the future that Mojo Vision has. Oh, that's great. I, I think, um, you know, what's really rewarding about this company and what we're working on is we really do from the beginning have an idea of where we want to make, you know, humanity better, make our lives better, and, and really think through the technology that we're bringing to market. And so, you know, the, the form factor happens to be a smart contact lens, but the broader view of what we want to build is something we call invisible computing. It's this idea that you can have all that information that you want that, you know, so many companies are trying to build and provide for us. You can have it when you want it, uh, but when you don't need it, it just goes away. The technology just fades away and it's invisible. And so that's why we, we focus on this term invisible computing. But it's got a broader uh, mission to it as well, which is, uh, to deliver information that's truly useful to you. And one of the first use cases that, that we're focused on for, for this product is to help people who have visual impairments. So say you have glaucoma or macular degeneration and your your independence, your mobility has, has been greatly reduced because of these conditions that you know continue to get worse over time. And so we believe that with augmented reality and being able to overlay 
contrast enhanced images and edge detection and and information that allows you to see the world that you couldn't see, um, it will help people to regain that in independence. And so we're focused on that community that's very underserved today by technology. Um, but we do see this platform being a lot broader than that. It's going to be able to, to do a lot of things, not just augmented reality. When you put power and data into a wearable that is on your eye, you open the window for so many new use cases that, that will help people with, with health and wellness. Yeah, and, and information. I mean, I, I, you might have seen some of my articles, but I've been writing for Forbes a whole series on the metaverse, mm -hmm. right? I've gotten great feedback from folks, and, and and that's part, you know, what you're doing is part of that merging of the physical and the digital. And I love that you guys are starting with how can we use te this technology for good and helping those people that, you know, have a disability or an impairment. And I, I just applaud you guys for for that. Um, so, you know, I, I want to talk a little bit about you as well, because you're you're a future insider. You've been in tech and business for a while. Um, what is what is your role as you know senior senior VP of product at Mojo Vision? Tell folks a little bit about maybe your your past experience and what your role currently is at Mojo Vision. Sure. Well, it's it's great to be in a role like I'm in now because I get to take advantage of all the things I've been learning for the past several decades. So I've been I've been in tech for over 20 years. I have an engineering degree from from Berkeley and and. Uh, you know, have, have worked at quite a few large tech companies, but I really started in the mobile world um, at a small company called Handspring, which if uh, some of your uh, listeners may remember, made a, a Palm OS product called the Handspring Visor. And I was working in manufacturing and, and was helping to, to build that product. Uh, but then eventually I, I, I moved around inside that small company. We got bought by Palm and uh, we had launched a product called the Trio, which was a smartphone competitor to the BlackBerry. Um, so really, uh, you know, got some some strong experience in the early smartphone days of well, what do you do with this this thing that's so mobile um, and gives you all this information in your pocket? Um, now I was I was super fortunate to make the jump over to Apple uh, in uh, 2007, uh, right when the iPhone launched, and so I was a product manager for iPhone for six years. So I worked on uh, many of the the features and, and capabilities that that the iPhone brought to market, as well as worked on hardware and 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 many of the, the phones themselves. So uh, great experience in in bringing that platform to market. Learned so much about what to do right, what not to do, um, what mistakes can you make when you bring out such a ubiquitous platform like that. Um, and a lot of that colors the the decisions and 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 what I do today. Um, since Apple, I worked at uh, Motorola and was part of Google and did Android uh, phones and, and smartwatches. I led the commercial notebook business at HP for a number of years and, and did enterprise products as well. And so all of that experience together has led me to this point where I'm at Mojo and I'm head of product. So I am responsible for definition of what our Mojo Lens product needs to do and who is it for and how is it going to work. Um, I also wear the, the marketing hat as well. So I do all the PR and marketing and branding that the, the company does. but you know, I I love my days because I spend most of it working with just wickedly smart people trying to invent new technology and figuring out what we should build. Um, and then, you know, figuring out how it can be used, what it can be used for, who is it really going to help? And, you know, most importantly, thinking about what shouldn't we do? How shouldn't we do something? And, and asking the reverse question, what should we leave out? now and what is the world not ready for that maybe we should put on the shelf and think about later um, and and that's where a lot of the fun and, and and hard work happens is figuring out what not to do 
Well, I think it's really important the point you bring because um, in, in one of my past episodes, we were talking about, about human-centered design. And yeah. I mean, it's at the core exactly what you're saying. Like, what do we leave behind? What do we incorporate um, currently? Because at the end of the day, it's a product for humans, right? So um, so I think it's in incredibly important. Um, you know, one thing I think that people that are listening to this that might, you know, have heard of Mojo Vision or might be new to it, what are what do you think are the three most important things they need to know about the company and about the product that you guys are are working on? Yeah, I think there are there are probably more than three that we could talk about, but but I think <laughs> three, um, three. yeah, the, the the one that comes to mind first and foremost is that this isn't science fiction. We really are trying to build and commercialize a real product that real people can wear. To your point of human centered design, um, and so thinking through all those elements, this is not. Um, sci-fi 20 years from now, 10 years from now. This is, you know, we hope within five years that we have a product that gets through the FDA cycle and, and gets approved for, for people to wear, especially those with low vision to start with, but then eventually, you know, broader consumer. So um, this is not a, a science project by by any means. We're, we're really working hard to build a real product. I think um, second is something I touched on before, which is, is we're trying to build something that goes beyond just augmented reality. We think that there's opportunity to really um, build a purpose-built company that's trying to do things that help people. Um, and so it's not about bending people to our view of how things should work. And we're not, we're not advocating that, uh, you know, everyone's going to wear smart contact lenses versus smart glasses. We think there's room for both. But what we're really thinking about is, how do you build a platform like this that eventually can incorporate a lot of other capabilities that have nothing to do with AR potentially, but that can help people, whether it's diagnosing uh, diseases or helping uh, people to communicate with each other better. So, so we focus on that. And I think the, the third one I touched on before, which is just this idea that um, I think we as a company are very much grounded in the idea of, of building something that is going to evolve over time and and it's okay to start small and to grow big. Um, and so we're pacing ourselves. We think of this as a marathon. And you know, we're very appreciative of all the other companies that are in this space that are building the metaverse or building, you know, the the, the spatial internet or whatever AR cloud term you want to use, right? There, there's so many others that are building pieces of this puzzle, like you said. And so you know, we're building what we think is a big piece um, because it's the personal piece that you have to wear. Um, and it's the it's that last inch mm -hmm. <laughs> essentially that's gonna break down. People aren't gonna use it if it isn't wearable. So um, you know, when we when we hire people, we're looking for people that, you know, this that are willing to take a risk and it's not for the faint of heart to work on these type of projects. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Having worked in, in in many a startup at this point, um, it's it's a it's a really interesting world. But it does feel special when you're creating a product, of, you know, that is about the future. That is, you know, that is eventually, you know, if we if we had this interview, let's say in ten years, it'd be a totally different conversation, right? Okay. <laughs> so I, I think it's 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 incredibly important. Um, and then you know, I I always ask folks when they come on the podcast what what makes you excited about the future or you know sometimes i'll ask them what technology they've seen that gets them excited about the future but in your case you i mean you're at the cutting <laughs> edge. You're beyond the cutting edge um what is what is what makes you excited about the future like what do you what are your thoughts on that well i i think that it's 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 looking at technology as as what what's changing in the way technologies are approaching 
the products that they're building. And, and they're, you know, obviously there are some really big tech companies that suck all the oxygen out of the room as far as the things that they're doing and the arrows that they're taking for, for, for maybe things that are not being done the way, you know, we would all like them to do it. And I'll just leave it at that. Um, and, but I'm very, you know, very bullish on the, on the idea of, you know, a lot of smaller companies are thinking about, uh, the goodness that can come out of technology. And, and so you can take the, the situation that we're in now uh, with COVID and, and shelter in place and the fact that we've been able to, uh, we've seen technology adoption accelerate because we've had to, we've been forced to, to, to adopt technology. And this isn't just the early adopters. We did a study recently and we asked a whole set of, uh, of, of people about their adoption of technology. And it's the late adopters that surprised us. That of course, they're being forced to use Zoom. They're forced to use online grocery delivery services. They're forced to use these systems and services that they never had to use before. And what we asked them was what happens after? Like if, if, and when we get through this, are you going to adopt this technology at the same pace as you, as you did this time? And, and the answer is yes. Like we're, we're seeing that adoption curve accelerate. And so as a technologist and someone who works in, in product, you know, seeing that people are becoming less afraid of technology, that they're seeing more value in brands that value what they need and are working on, on capabilities that, that are truly useful. Um, that's, that's very encouraging to me. Yeah, and, and I think it's one of the things I'm trying to explore also in, uh, in for Forbes is writing about the future of the senses and the future of even the future of what brand narratives will be. You know, is it only going to be the written word? Well, no, we have so many senses and I feel these technologies in some way help us augment that. Uh, you know, whether it's olfactory or, uh, you know, auditory or, you know, or, or visual, there's so many opportunities to really augment the human experience in some ways. So, so I definitely applaud what you guys are doing. Um, you know, I, I think we're getting towards the end of the, of the podcast, but I, I also kind of want to uh, make sure that, you know, if someone's listening to this and, you know, they might be a developer or there might be someone like that could be highly qualified and might be interested in, you know, a role with you guys or might just be interested in connecting because they might have some opportunities. Where, where can they go? Where can they connect with you and where can they connect with Mojo Vision? Uh, best place to uh, connect with me is you can send me an email, steve.sinclair at mojo.vision, um, or you can connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, happy to uh, connect with anyone who's interested in this space. Um, certainly to connect with, uh, with Mojo itself, we're on LinkedIn uh, as well as Twitter, so you can follow us for news there. You can come to our website at mojo.vision and uh, certainly uh, sign up for, for updates. We, we continue to, to, to make progress on this. It's not uh, you know, something that's gonna be shipping next week or next year. Uh, we've, got, we've got a number of years ahead of us to, to, to get things done, but we need smart people to help us do it. And we're really appreciative of, of the opportunity to talk to your audience and, and maybe we'll, we'll make some connections with, with, with some of those folks. Yeah, I hope so too. And, you know, let's definitely, um, you know, let's have this conversation again in five years. <laughs> I think it'll be really interesting, right? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you for being on Future Insider, Steve. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Future Insiders podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe and I'll see you in our next episode.